0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You know, it's that time of year across the NFL when roster trimming take center stage, and that's exactly what we're going to dive into in this episode here on The Vault, The Raven's Vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, joined by my co-host, Sarah Ellison, and in this episode, we have a special guest, Jason Smith from Huddle It Up Films. You know him from Raven's Twitter. You know him from Raven's YouTube, and Sarah, you've been all on Jason in, in recent years based on what he's brought to the table from a content standpoint, from a film study standpoint, and I know we're excited to bring him in today.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll let Jason talk, obviously introduce himself, but I just have to say the first time Jason and I met, we both came on as guests on uh, the film study podcast and Jason, you remember this? We were doing the draft and Jason had this draft board, Bobby, that blew my mind and he could talk like a Raven scout could about like the top 150 draftable players. I mean, it was unreal what he could do and I was like okay this is my guy this is my guy I'm claiming you Jason we're so glad that you're here with us
3: I'm really happy to be here I'm honored to be on such a big show because roster countdown is so much fun and there's so many games that can be played but yes I remember that Sarah and I I usually look at about 250 players and I look at three games at least of each of them so I you know as a at heart I'm a scout that's what I love to do so um but yes, I remember that. And actually, Sarah, that wasn't my best draft, because if you remember, was coming off the COVID year, and uh, there wasn't a lot of tape on that, those guys. So yeah. uh, this year, I did really, really well, though. I believe out of the first round, I had the lowest guy that was picked, other than Cole Strange, was number 36 on my board. So out wow. of the 32 guys, I had 36 of them. Um, they were all in my top 36, ex- except for Cole Strange. So this year, I did well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. See, I told you, Bobby. So I feel like you're the perfect guy here for, for talking roster predictions. I feel like you come at it from a scouting angle. And so hopefully, hopefully we can have some content here that our listeners will enjoy.
1: Thank you, guys. And what we're going to dive into specifically, of course, is position by position predicting how this roster shakes out for the 2022 season. I'm going to steer this conversation, let Sarah and Jason do their thing when it comes to predicting. I know that game. I don't dive into that game because it's a treacherous game. So I'm going (laughs) to let you two do that. But before we do, as you both know, there is such thing as the gymnastics of roster creation and architecting. (laughs) So I got to wonder, Sarah, how should we sort of set up this conversation to give fans an expectation for what they should go into, uh, knowing about what this process is on the back end for the Ravens' front office.
2: Yeah, there are definitely roster gymnastics. There's a lot, you know, of what people always say, some handshake deals. And I don't think I follow the other 31 teams as closely as the Ravens, but I'd still be willing to bet that Eric DaCosta <laughs> is definitely a guy that loves to take advantage of the roster gymnastics. Um, There's been a lot more you could do in recent years because the NFL loosened a lot of the roster restrictions with COVID. Now, they've tightened back up a little bit since they had a lot more COVID protocol, but it's nowhere near as strict as it was before. So just to give you some background, last year, let me name four people that the Ravens had cut initially as part of these roster gymnastics. Anthony Levine, who was like, who's like the leader of special teams, he was cut initially, but ended up playing 17 games. He ended up going to the practice squad initially and then, you know, was later on elevated for the whole, the whole season, but he played all 72. So when we talk about roster gymnastics today, you might see some guys that you're like, what, how could they be cut? But just know that it's, it's part of these roster gymnastics Ellis last year, he went to the practice squad, ended up defensive lineman, ended up playing 17 games. Eric Tomlinson, the time tight end, he was initially cut, brought right back, did not go to the practice squad, but brought right back at 24 hours later. He played 17 games, and then everybody knows this name. Pernell McPhee was initially cut. Uh, he ended up only playing 10 games. It was the first 10 games. Um, later, it was more depth and and injuries and all that kind of stuff. So, So some of these handshake deals are going to be some guys that are veterans, that do not go on a waiver wire. Okay. Meaning they have control over what happens to them. And so the idea is that they will talk with Eric DaCosta in the front office and the front office says, Hey, we got some guys that we need to make the original 53 man roster because that means, so take David Ojabo, for example, if you put David Ojabo on the original 53, then 24 hours later, you put him on IR because you have to wait until after they make the original roster in order to be brought back off of IR. So those are some of the games that, that Eric DeCosta will be playing that we're going to try to predict. So that's just some background on, on that.
3: Yes. And I have two of them. I have two of them for this show guys that I think will be brought back and will play a lot for the Ravens. And I think that this speaks to the Ravens culture as well. Uh, Once a Raven, always a Raven, some of these veterans. And of course, if, if, for players that are on their rookie deal or have only have four years of service or less, you can't play those games. It has to be vested veterans that don't go through waivers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the, the veteran players, the guys who know they have a role on this team, they can come back uh, a couple of days later uh, with a wink-wink deal and uh, allow the Ravens, like you said, Sarah, to put a job o on the roster and then move him to IR the next day and uh, and have everybody happy and have some extra space on that roster. I think we're ready to go. Let's
1: dive in. Again, offense, defense, special teams is the order, and let's – Start things off with the quarterback position, guys. We'll begin with our guest, Jason Smith. Of course, there's three quarterbacks right in the room as we speak, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, and Anthony Brown. And I guess the big question becomes, Jason, in your estimation, are they keeping two or three in this room?
3: I think they have to keep two just because of the depth on this roster and the other positions. And I think this is one of those uh, situations in which obviously Tyler Huntley, uh, is someone that if you let him go, somebody else is going to pick him up uh, from a developmental standpoint. But I really love what we saw from Anthony Brown in this preseason, as far as him pushing the ball down the field. I mean, uh, there was a, there was a difference between Huntley and Brown, in my opinion, that the second preseason game, I had a mini gripe about the wide receivers as a whole, only getting nine targets through the entire game. So we have this wide receiver competition. Tyler Huntley plays extremely efficiently, but it's very Row centric It's very Huntley-centric. Isaiah likely gets eight targets. Uh, long story short, I think you just keep Jackson. You keep Tyler Huntley. And you just hope that Anthony Brown doesn't get claimed.
2: Yeah, I got the same too. And it would be nice for Anthony Brown to make that practice squad. He showed me a lot. I liked him. And then, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. If somebody did, when quarterback injuries start to pile up and somebody made a call to Eric Tacosta and gave a pretty, you know, generous trade, something that is intriguing. Then you say, okay, well, I've got Anthony Brown that knows this offense. And Anthony Brown, I don't know that I put him on Huntley's level, but you can certainly feel good about him coming in for one or two games. So not much more to say there. I think we're starting off two for two here.
1: To the running back room, guys, we know before we dive in that Gus Edwards remains on the reserve PUP, meaning he will not be available for John Harbaugh's team until at least week five of the 2022 season. Then you have JK Dobbins. Who's trying to get back from his torn ACL that he tore last year in the preseason. Mike Davis was a free agency acquisition. Tyler Beatty was drafted in the sixth round back in April. Justice Hill is back for year three and Nate McCrary is a former
3: undrafted rookie. Jason, how do you see this room shaking out? Well, this is, this is where the decision is made for me. And actually justice Hill, this is his fourth and final year. He was a member of that 2019 draft class. Um, I'm gonna go with four, although I believe that uh, I believe that it there there's a chance that it could be three. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins and I have Mike Davis making this roster as well, and Tyler Beatty. Uh, just real quick, Dobbins obviously coming off the injury. Mike Davis is one of those candidates, Sarah, that we talked about earlier, where he can be cut and brought back potentially. There's not a, a you know a, it's not going to affect the salary but with the way Mike Davis pass protects and the Ravens needing that big back uh, in there to help complement what we're missing with Gus. I believe Mike Davis makes the roster as JK Dobbins backup. And of course the Ravens aren't going to cut Tyler Beatty. So that's three right there. Um, Justice Hill is the big question for me. Fourth year player. I think that he plays such a key role on special teams as a gunner that the Ravens will keep him. Um, And that's where, it's going to affect another position down the line, but I'll, I'll go with four.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be our first departure. I went ahead and did what you had were tempted to do. I've got Mike Davis cut off of the initial 53-man roster. There is some risk there. I don't know how strong of a relationship you know, Mike Davis has as opposed to like a Pernell McPhee last year or, or an Anthony Levine, but he fits the mold. He's a, he's a veteran on a one-year deal, not a lot of guaranteed money. So in that sense, he fits the bill, and I have more handshake deals than I see a lot of other people having out in the media, and maybe it's because I couldn't make a decision and I'm trying to get greedy, but <laughs> I can see Eric DeCosta trying to, like, you know – Take advantage of it all, too. So I've got Mike Davis off the original J.K. Dobbins, Tyler Beatty, Justice Hill on for the same reason that you said I kept Justice Hill, but bring Mike Davis back after 24 hours.
1: On we go to the most discussed, dissected, and talked about position group on this entire team, guys, wide receiver. Of course, it's led by Rashad Bateman, their second year player who is expected to be their bona fide top option in 2022. Then Demarcus Robinson comes into play here. The newly signed Demarcus Robinson, who all the conversation surrounding him right now is, is he capable of being wide receiver too? You'd like to think Devin Duvernay and James Prochet are locks as well. Tylen Wallace has been unavailable throughout the majority of preseason, dealing with a knee sprain. And then, I mean, count them, there's a slew of undrafted guys who are potentially vying for maybe the fifth or sixth and final spot. That's where I want to bring you guys in. Jason, how many wide receivers can Baltimore
3: keep on this roster? And will an undrafted rookie be named? I have five, guys. I have five. I think that the the wall that we need to build for Lamar Jackson and Ronnie Stanley's tenuous uh, return is, you know, it just—it's a numbers game, and I have five, and I have chalk, and uh, people aren't going to like me for this, I'm sure, but I don't have any of the undrafted rookie free agents, and we'll count Benjamin Victor in there as well, making the initial 53. I think that what the Ravens can do is that while I have Bateman, Duvernay, Prochet, Demarcus Robinson, and Tylen Wallace all making the team, I think Tylen Wallace will contribute. Uh, right away, one special teams to pair with Justice Hill is those gunners on punt return or punt uh, coverage, which are so important. Uh, so I think the Ravens, what they're going to do here is there wasn't really much separation. Bridges showed out at first. Uh, Makai Polk, we saw him make a play or two in every game. Benjamin Victor finished with a great game. Raleigh Webb, more of a special teams guy. So I think that the Ravens are thinking we're going to roll with our five guys, Bateman, DuVernay, Prochet, Robinson, and Wallace, and we're going to be able to get one of those guys back off the uh and, and onto the practice squad. So I'm just going to go with five here and, uh, and hope that a guy like Shamar Bridges, who I really like, and Makai Polk, who I think has a future in this league, can make it back to the Ravens.
2: Yeah, I have the exact same five. I feel like some of these undrafted guys and Victor. Victor had that incredible catch the other night, diving backwards and getting that ball. Um, I just don't feel like any any of them stacked enough practices or games. I think they all flashed but didn't stack. I would just add that I'm wondering if there's a chance that James Prochet could start on IR Uh, We haven't seen him all preseason. Nobody's really asked what his update is. No media has, which I don't blame him. You can only ask so many questions to to John Harbaugh before, injury questions before he just, like, shuts it all down. So, but I'm just curious, like, I I mean, he wasn't in any – Of those preseason games, really didn't practice the last two weeks of training camp, so it's unclear to me where he is. I'm not saying he for sure will go on IR, but I've got my eye on that one. But we've got the same five on, on the wide receiver roster.
1: We'll shift gears into the tight end position, of course, headlined by Mark Andrews leading that room. Nick Boyle and Isaiah Likely. You'd figure that those three are certainly locks. The rookie, Charlie Kohler, is dealing with the aftermath of sports hernia surgery. Josh Oliver played a lot for the Ravens last year. And Tony Poljan also is in this room as well. So why don't we put Jason the tight end room in the discussion along with the fullback room and specifically with the fullback room.
3: I love the fact that you guys are on the same page with me where I put the fullback with the tight ends. I don't put them with the running back. So we didn't even talk about that before the show. We're eye to eye on this one. Yes, I have five. I have five, including Ricard. Uh, So four tight ends in Ricard, Mark Andrews, obviously leading the group, Isaiah likely just splashing and looking like a real player in this league. then of course you have Nick Boyle, Uh, And Charlie Kolar will be put on the initial 53, I believe, and then uh, will be one of those guys that gets put on IR after the 53 is released. And then, of course, you have Pat Ricard. Josh Oliver, um, not sure if there's much of a market for him out there. We will see. I believe the Ravens traded a conditional seventh to get him, something like that. So uh, not a lot of uh, market value out there for Josh Oliver. I think he comes back on the practice squad, but it just feels really good. Just another side note, feels really good that you have both Nick Boyle and Pat Ricard, who are your move blockers, can line up on the line of scrimmage, can line up in the backfield. They can block defensive linemen. They can block linebackers. They can even go in the secondary and block guys. And then you have true backups, a true backup for Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely a uh, tight end you can move around use as a wide receiver and then Charlie Kolar coming off later. So this is this is a great group of tight ends. I love the safety group, but the tight end group may be as strong.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say I think that I'm of all the groups that I'm excited to see in the regular season come together is this tight end group. I have the exact same roster. Charlie Kolar will be going to IR. That's probably a one for one I have with Mike Davis coming back on after after Charlie's put on the, the uh, injured reserve, uh, but I cannot wait to see Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely out there at the same time, throwing a little Nick Boyle, a little Patrick Ricard. I am here for it. That is the, the, definitely the position I'm most excited to see come to fruition.
1: Jason, too, one of the big reasons why we like to group the tight end and fullback positions together is because how many Sets Did Patrick Ricard line up as a tight end in 2021? I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a career high for him, and sometimes you didn't see the difference because of how versatile he is in this Ravens offense. Moving on to left tackle, though. Of course, the biggest conversation, aside from Lamar Jackson, this offseason has been and will continue to be Ronnie Stanley's rehab process. He was just activated off the PUP last week as we taped this. On August 29th, which now paves the way for a potential return in Week One, but at the very least, the Ravens expect him to be back within the first four weeks of the season because they did choose to activate him. Jason, the rest of that room has Jawan James and David Sharp in it. How do you
3: see it playing out? Well, it's a it's it's just a touch and go situation with Ronnie. You know, it's a such a. Vicious sounding injury. Uh, when you're talking about broken bones, tendons, I mean, there's there's stuff out there that 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 kind of thing can bother the nerves and nerve damage, and who knows really? I mean, we're not a doctor, but the, the fact is that it's going to be almost two calendar years now since Ronnie Stanley has been Ronnie Stanley on a football field. So with left tackle, I think that you have to be very cautious of how you manage this offensive line. You have Jawan James there to back up, and then. Man, I, I really don't know what's happening uh, with, you know, who would be the the next option behind Jawan James uh, for Ronnie Stanley. I mean, we, we saw Patrick McCarry there a little bit uh, last week. We also have seen um, Tyree Phillips there. I mean, really, I think that you're going to want Morgan Moses on the right side. Uh, so the Ravens are really counting on Ronnie Stanley. I mean, next to Lamar Jackson, this is the most important player on the team, and, and we just have to hope Ronnie is uh, back healthy, and productive for the Ravens.
2: Jason, I want to get your opinion. Uh, Bobby and I have talked about this before on previous podcasts. So we just want to add another voice. If Ronnie couldn't go the first week, maybe first couple weeks, do you like Juwan James there at left tackle, or would you play around with Patrick McCarry?
3: Well, I like Juwan James there. And I think that uh, the Ravens kind of missed out with Tyler Linderbaum, uh, missing some time where McCarry was the backup center. And uh, he has to play there. I think there's a scenario in which McCarry could play multiple positions on this line. But Sarah, if you remember last year when AV was struggling, I was the lone voice out there. I got a lot of flack. I was like, why not move McCarry to left tackle? He's your best yeah. tackle. Put him on the blind side. At least Lamar can have some trust on one side. And if he's getting pressure from the right tackle, at least that's in Lamar's face in his direct eyesight. It's not his blind side. Uh, so, you know, I would be I would be comfortable with whoever the Ravens think is the best option, um, but again, it's just such a tenuous situation because there's a difference between some semblance of the old Ronnie Stanley and unknown. I mean, Juwan James has been a right tackle. McCary has played well left tackle, but that's all been preseason. He's never got a chance in the regular season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've got the same top two at left tackle: uh, Ronnie Stanley and Juwan James. And Bobby, if you don't mind, maybe just throw in right tackle here. Uh, Morgan Moses and Daniel Falele. I just, I don't see the Ravens cutting any of these guys with the way things turned out last year. I think they need to keep all tackle depth depth that they have and keep as many options as you have until you know, I mean, that Ronnie Stanley is feeling good. I mean, he comes back week one last year and then never came back. So I think you got to keep all your tackles here. Uh, and I guess you could, you know, Patrick McCarry can be counted in anywhere. So maybe that's that's five potential options there. I'm here for it.
3: Mason, do you have anything to add on right tackle before we move on to left guard? I do not. I think Morgan Moses was a big upgrade uh, at right tackle just for the st- from a stability standpoint to get that out of the way so early in preseason. I mean, you know, I, I knew that it was going to be hard for the Ravens to – convince a left tackle to come here with Ronnie still looming in the building. So you weren't going to be able to outbid somebody for a left tackle to get a solid right tackle like Morgan Moses. And then a player like File Lele, who I think showed out better than we expected this preseason. Um, I think the Ravens are in good shape when it comes to right tackle. It's just just a left tackle that, that you have to be nervous about.
1: All right, we'll pick things up with left guard. And of course, that room is led by Ben Powers, who is the projected starter. This was a compelling position battle that I think we were all sort of looking forward to during training camp. But because Ben Cleveland missed some time early after failing to pass the conditioning test, it really just turned into Tyree Phillips versus Ben Powers. So, Jason, how do you see this room shaking out?
3: All three end up making this 53-man, right? Well, this is where I'm going to spice up the show. So, Sarah, like you know, brace yourself here. Brace yourself. Oh, boy. So oh, boy. I had the I had the four running backs uh, making it, if you remember, and I said that that was going to come out of the offensive line. And this is where I think Mr. DaCosta works his magic and makes a trade. Now, this left guard situation is this one that I have to take a little bit more time on because it's just so confusing. Uh, ben Cleveland, Bobby, you set that up perfectly. It took him a week to pass the conditioning test. He's banged up right now. and he, When he's been in there, he's clearly been the best guard on this team uh, in the preseason game. So, you know, get that straight, just absolutely dominating. Tyree Phillips, unfortunately, because of the problems elsewhere. He's gotten a lot of run at left guard, but, I mean, we saw him at right tackle last game. We've seen him at left tackle. So poor Tyree Phillips has been moved around everywhere. Ben Powers is the guy that I'm focused in on. and He's gotten the starters treatment, the bubble wrap treatment. Uh, he came out, you know, supposedly he's the starting left guard, but he came out the first two games, played right guard for one series, and then played center for one series, and that was all we have seen of him. Um, he has a 2.5 million... Dollar raw cap hit. So if you were to trade or release Ben Powers, you would save about a million and a half of that. I'm thinking Eric DeCosta pulls the trigger here and actually trades Ben Powers. That's going to be my prediction. Eric has made a trade, I believe, in the last few years, at least one a year. Think back to Ben Bredesen last year. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with nine offensive linemen. You have Patrick McCary there as well that can back up guard. And I think that among Phillips, Cleveland, McCary, and Zeitler, that's four good guys who can play guard uh, starting right away at backup at each position if you needed it.
2: I like it, Jason. <laughs> I like it a lot. I didn't predict it, but I like it a lot. I mean, the Ravens just have a excess of guards. And I was – here's why I didn't predict it yet, though. I, I feel like you can't rely upon Cleveland just yet. And that was probably the disappointing part of this left guard competition to me was just that you know he took a while to get to get on the field from the the conditioning test, and as we talk, I'm trying to look up Cleveland's weight last year. He is listed now at three seventy
3: yeah, Sarah. I think it went from around three forty something it was like three forty five up to three seventy.
2: You are kidding me, that's what I was just trying to like look up here that. That's a lot of weight, Jason. That's a lot of weight. So I wonder if it was like not him just like failing the conditioning test, but just not being healthy. That's, that's, a, that's a ridiculous amount of weight. Yeah. I'm starting to pull it up here. So anyway, so I'm, a, I, I just don't feel quite ready. Now I could see that trade happening, you know, maybe mid season or whatever, when you know, That Cleveland is reliable, and I also don't know how serious his injury is. It looked like he got rolled up on uh, in that second preseason game. So I would love a trade, though, with, with that. And I was also disappointed with Tyree Phillips' play, so I don't feel super confident in him. I think he had three penalties in that second preseason game. So I would love that trade, but I think I would maybe wait a little bit on it if you can. Uh, but I like I like that you're spicing it up and not just giving you know the same prediction as everybody else. I see here on the roster 357. Okay. The season at the season review roster from last year. That's still, you know, a bit of weight.
3: So I so. want to jump back in, Bobby, if I could. And the reason that I chose the extra running back over the offensive lineman, it, it just has to do with J.K. Dobbins. It, it that's that's all it is. Uh, You know, depth at running back or depth at O-line, the Ravens are going to have to sacrifice uh, either a guard, one of those guards, or one of the running backs. And, and, And with Mike Davis, I don't think that they want to expose him to waivers because of his ability on third downs. He's not a spectacular running back when you look at the numbers and very average yards per carry, but we saw him demolish a guy. Uh, You know, take a man's soul, I think, the first game, uh, pass blocking. He's got the veteran chops to protect Lamar. And, of course, he's got reliable hands. With J.K. Dobbins coming back off of injury and no word on Gus yet, I think that the Ravens, you know, you're either going to say, okay, we're going to be one running back lighter than we could or one guard lighter than we could. And I think with Patrick McCary's flexibility, that's why I'm going towards nine offensive linemen instead of 10 and keeping those four running backs.
1: I don't want to jump to any conclusions here because I know Lamar Jackson was on his own kind of diet this off season and training regiment, but it was wedding season for Ben Cleveland and his fiance just a couple weeks before training camp. So he may have had himself some fun on a different regiment <laughs> than Lamar this off season, But to Jason's point, he's been playing some very stout football in preseason. And let's hope that translates to regular season football for Ben Cleveland. Jason, let's talk center here with Tyler Linderbaum, of course, leading the charge, getting his debut as a Raven in the preseason finale. If you haven't seen yet, Brian Baldinger's uh, breakdown on Twitter, go look that up because he did a great job. It was only nine snaps, a few series for Tyler Linderbaum, but... He looked awfully good and and experienced, too, as someone who is just kind of getting his feet wet in the NFL. So, Jason, why don't you talk about Tyler Linderbaum and Patrick McCary, how they use those guys this year, and then also if you want to add something to right guard with Kevin Zeitler sort of being the shoe-in guy for another year in Baltimore.
3: Sure, absolutely. Just starting with Zeitler, rock-solid player, and right guard is becoming more and more important in this league, I believe, because they're lined up against what people hear uh, often the term three-tech. Uh, that's your Aaron Donald. Those are your best pass rushing defensive linemen. So a lot of times the right guard is, is matched up with that guy. Uh, sometimes he doesn't have help from the center. Uh, so a very important position filled by the Ravens and Kevin Zeitler did a wonderful job last year. Uh, just plays like a Raven, just so solid, so smart disciplined player uh, at center. You have Tyler Linderbaum, Patrick McCarry also wanted to mention Tristan Cologne. I think that that's an interesting discussion to whether he will get claimed by another team or not. Would love to have Tristan back because he's been solid. Uh, Whenever Bozeman was out of the lineup, Tristan Cologne stepped up. and He he didn't notice much of a difference. But Tyler Linderbaum himself, you know, I I wasn't a huge fan of taking a center in round one, as Sarah can attest to. (laughs) I was a little stressed over that because, I mean, let's face it, I was looking at corners and edge rushers and. Man, there were some exciting players out there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Tyler Linderbaum, is his feet, it, 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 he moves like a tight end. He reminds me of a tight end that's just a little bit bigger and can handle the center position. And I think that, uh, Sarah, that's going to allow the Ravens to do different things uh, on the line. You know, I look across the line now. We have a pretty mobile offensive line, so I think you'll see a different mix of schemes in there, and Tyler Linderbaum will allow us to do different things in the run game.
2: Yeah, what's I think that was like an underrated thing. Everybody got so caught up in Linderbaum's size that you didn't quite see how explosive and quick he was, and that's how he can use leverage on people. Like if he gets himself in the position that he wants to be against these defensive linemen, then it's like you're not going to win at that point. So he's so quick, and then to see him make it to the second level, doing blocks down there with the way with the way this team runs and you got probably Ben Powers, you know, pulling to the right. That's another thing that's nice about Zeitler is the Ravens are a right handed, you know, running team. So, uh, you know, and that's another reason I, we said in another podcast, I haven't been super impressed with the running back so far. And on that film study that we talked about from Brian Baldinger, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum had a hole opened up for him and Mike Davis didn't take it. I'm like, wow, bro, what are you doing? There's a hole right there, you know? But, but for Tyler, that's just such good news to see that the way he could multitask and do combination box and how quick he was and then to get the second level. And you saw all of that nine snaps. So I feel like the Ravens are in good hands there. With Tristan Colon, I also have him off the 53. You mentioned you don't know if he'll make it through the waivers, which could potentially make him trade bait. Not that it would be like – you know, you know, the biggest draft pick in the world. But, you know, I would kind of wondered if, if EDC could pull something off there with him.
1: On to the defense we go. And Sarah will give you the baton off the top on this one. Jason will follow. We'll begin with defensive tackle. Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington, Isaiah Mack and Rashad Nichols uh, anchor out that group right there. So how do you see this looking?
2: So I I went ahead and I kept Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington, who I think has played very well. Nice little backup there. And this is one of the the guys that I just kept going back and forth on with a couple of others was Isaiah Mack. And uh, I just couldn't let him go, especially knowing that Travis Jones will probably need to start on IR, even though Mack isn't really... You know the type of player that Travis Jones is, so so it's not. You know Isaiah Mack is not the the, the exact guy that Travis Jones is, in, and I bet Jason will be able to explain that better with with all this the scouting vocabulary there. So, but I just felt like that he need more interior presence. I didn't want to let go of Mac, so I've got I've got him in, and then Rashad uh, Nichols off.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
3: Sarah, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> I just, I I love it. I love it. I Isaiah Mack is a guy that I just... I just don't want to let him go. I mean, he's yeah. he's in his fourth year, and you mentioned Travis Jones and that injury already has been extended once. We don't really know how long it's going to take him to get back. So that leaves Michael Pierce as your as your your nose tackle with really nobody behind him. Uh, Isaiah Mack has played so well, and he flashed in the preseason now two straight years. When he got in there last year, he, he sacked Joe Burrow. So I'm going with the same thing. Uh, I think we're just doing defensive tackles here. Um, But yes, Isaiah Mack I have making the roster and and hanging on to a spot, uh, at least until Travis Jones gets back, because I think some other team would claim him with the depth across the league. Um, you know, you could always use linemen on either side of the of the uh ball.
2: Yeah, and the Ravens just have such a reputation for developing these these defensive linemen that I'm I'm sure other teams are looking and then Isaiah Mack looked good in the preseason. He's got stuff on tape, so I just didn't want to risk it.
1: So nose tackle saw Brandon Williams depart Baltimore this offseason and he remains unsigned uh, really out of the NFL right now. Michael Pierce came in for his second stint with the Ravens, as we know, a big free agent acquisition for Baltimore earlier this offseason. Sarah, what kind of depth that nose tackle, though, do you see Baltimore kind of keeping around?
2: So it's a little bit thin, but, you know, obviously, like you said, you got Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, I feel like is going to go to IR. And it's unfortunate Aaron Crawford was injured in this third and final preseason game. I thought he was having a nice preseason Um, I don't know if it was going to be enough for me to keep him, but the, the injury certainly solidified that. So, uh, that's it. It's Michael Pierce. And then you're going to move Travis Jones to IR. So it's a little bit thin there, which is one of the reasons why I kept Isaiah Mack.
3: Yes. Echoed nothing much else to add. I think it's going to be Pierce and Jones mixing in there. And that's why I kept Isaiah Mack. Very, very well said. Uh, the Ravens I think could go to different looks and not keep Isaiah Mack. You have Broderick Washington, uh, who can play on the inside a little bit, but if you're talking pure nose tackle, a run stuffer, a two-gapper, it's it's Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, Isaiah Mack to a lesser extent on this team. So the
1: defensive end group in Baltimore looks like an NBA team with Calais Campbell and Brent Urban there, straight up Twin Towers esque, right? <laughs> like that was Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell a couple years ago, but there's a new set of Twin Towers for the Ravens. Sarah could this be an example of one of the handshake deals that you were referring to off the top with Brent Urban?
2: One hundred percent. Clayus obviously is is a slam dunk to make the team. Brent Urban. Yes, he is an ex- he's probably the quintessential type person that you could do this handshake deal with. Brent Urban has already talked about how much he loves being back at the Ravens. He's talked about the depth at, def- at, at defensive line. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I think he's somebody that you can trust to say, hey, this is what we got to do. And maybe he's one of the guys, because again, I'm going to have four handshake deals, but there's only maybe – For sure, two IR guys, maybe one or two more. But even if you don't get the one or two more of the IR guys, I feel like Brent Urban, to to begin the season could go to the practice squad the way Anthony Levine or Ellis did last year. So, yeah, I just don't think he'll have any problem doing that. But whether he goes to the practice squad or is re-signed right away, I don't have him making the initial 53.
3: I'm with Sarah. I'm surprised that we agree on this on the defensive line. You know, Isaiah Mack obviously brightened my day. But Brent Urban, I believe he has some family ties with his wife here in the area. Loves being a Raven. And by the way, Brett Urban really played well in his limited time. So you have Clayus Campbell, you have Brett Urban as your, as your defensive ends. And the only other thing I wanted to add here is that with the lack of depth at outside linebacker, a point I've been making on Twitter and something that I wholeheartedly believe in is we're going to see more four-man fronts. And, and not to get too technical with this, But if you think about a guy like Tyus Bowser, who's going to miss part of the season, he would be a stand-up linebacker on that strong side, and he would either rush or he would drop in coverage. Well, what I'm talking about is putting a guy with his hand in the dirt on that side, like a Calais Campbell or a Brent Urban, those basketball players that Bobby talked about. Uh, Steven Means is a guy that could also do that. We saw him do it in the preseason and just put a safety behind them. The Ravens have plenty of safeties, plenty of big guys who can come up and fill in the box. So instead of uh, trying to be unpredictable on that side with one guy who can either drop or cover, just throw extra safety in there, play a 4-3 as people like to call it. And uh, I think that this is where the depth on this defensive line and the versatility really really pays off. So yes, I don't have Brett Urban on the initial 53. I think he'll be brought back Two, you know, A couple of days later, I have two handshake deals on this side uh, with Jones, Travis Jones and Ojabo going to IR uh, and two guys being brought back, Brent Urban being one of them. So
1: Jason, in recent weeks, Sarah and I have spoken about the edge rusher room and how thin it is, especially given the recent news of Tyus Bowser being placed on the reserve PUP list, meaning like Gus Edwards, he will not be available until at the earliest week five. Sarah, with the room looking as follows, Adafe Owe, Justin Houston, Stephen Means, David Ajabo, who we've touched on already, and Chuck Wiley, how do you see how do you see Eric DaCosta handling this one?
2: Yeah, and I think just to make it simple, we'll we'll combine the rush ants, Sam outside linebackers. Um, so for the reason that Jason just explained that you can change up your defensive alignment and bring in more of your safeties. Uh, We know the Ravens are very uh, deep there. I think he explained that perfectly. I think that may be one of the reasons we haven't seen the Ravens act desperate at outside linebacker, even though it's pretty thin. And it's also another reason why I think I'm going to be playing with fire a little bit here. So I've got Odafe Owe, Justin Houston, Daylon Hayes making the team, David Ojabo needing to make the initial 53 man roster so that after 24 hours, he can be moved to IR. So Steven means I have as another handshake deal. He's another one that either could be re-signed to the active roster 24 hours later, or maybe go to the practice squad. He won't go through waivers if he's cut. So basically what I'm saying is, 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 you know, the Ravens will have three outside linebackers really for those first 24 hours with OA, Justin Houston and Hayes. It's unfortunate with David Ojabo. So the rules this year with IR is that you can bring back eight guys after off of IR this year. You don't have to designate them before they go on on IR to say who's coming back, but they are limiting it to eight that's still plenty but it it's been more the last couple of years with with covid and it's just too bad they they missed the window my understanding is they missed the window to put him on the non football injury list which just means that he wasn't injured either you know with the team or NFL cuz he was injured at the, at his pro day with Michigan so he's going to have to take up one of those eight returns Um, And maybe that ends up being plenty, but who knows with this team and how many people they've had injured, maybe they would need more. Hopefully they won't. So, so yeah, there's Steven means and I don't rule out them still signing another outside linebacker. I just understand why it doesn't look like they're desperate given what they can do with the safeties.
3: Agreed. Now my, my roster spot came down between Steven means and Isaiah Mack. And I, I went with Isaiah Mack for the reasons that I think Steven means is a good candidate uh to come back after he's cut. And he could go elsewhere. Yep. He signed, he's 31 years old. He's has six career sacks. Uh he signed in June, so it's not the it's not the biggest resume. And I think that Stephen Means realizes that there's a pathway for him to get on the field here with Bowser and Ajabo being out. Whereas Isaiah Mack, I think that if you put him out there, some other team would snatch him up and he would go where the playing time was. So I expect Stephen Means to be on this roster week 1. But as far as the final countdowns uh, or cutdowns, excuse me, not the final countdown, that's a song, uh, the final (laughs) cutdowns, I have Adavio Way, Justin Houston, Dalen Hayes, and Ajabo. Ajabo going to IR after the initial cuts and Stephen Means coming back. So, so yes, I I think Stephen Means played really well this preseason, but he also expressed, Sarah, I'm sure you heard in the press conference, his love for Baltimore, almost quit the game, um, loves it here, You know, so I think all the signs point to if Stephen Means does go somewhere else, the Ravens could probably find someone uh, across the league in the cutdowns with a a similar skill set, a similar ability, just a hand in the dirt. Um, you know, not spectacular pass rusher, but a hard nosed player. I don't want to. I don't want to demean Stephen Means here, but um, I think you can find a Stephen Means out there, even if he wasn't going to come back. And I think he's going to come back.
2: Yeah, speaking to the, the the press conference, that was one of the reasons why I felt very comfortable with making him one of the cuts, is because he literally said that the Ravens resurrected his his career, which means that I don't know that any other teams were giving him a chance. So, you know, I think he's got a great relationship with the team. I think he feels you know, grateful that he's got a shot. Um, That doesn't mean that you can, you know, treat him poorly or anything, but that's that's not what they're doing here. That's not what that is. That's, again, how many guys did they cut initially and still played 17 games last year? I think he will still... Be active week one if they go ahead and bring him back.
1: For time purposes, let's combine the middle linebackers and weak side linebackers. So, Sarah, how do you see these two rooms shaking out?
2: So I was close to making Josh Bynes a handshake deal, but then did you guys catch him in the uh, the last preseason game yeah. in his interview? And then he was like, have you been told that you're going to make the team? He's like, well, I better be. He's like, otherwise you should put me out here. So, you know, he can put tape out there for, for teams. And also Josh Bynes has moved to several different teams. He just seems like a guy to me. He's at the end of his career. It's not like he's had these massive deals that some other guys have had. I could see him if another team was like, hey, I'll throw in an extra, you know, 200 grand. You come over here you'd be like, sweet, I'm coming, you know. So I didn't want to play with fire with Josh Bynes. So I've got him making the team, I was having the worst time trying to decide between Christian Welch and and Josh Ross, and I couldn't do it. I think that Christian Welch Welch is going to make the team for his special teams acumen, Uh, so I have him making it. I obviously have Patrick Queen on the weak side, Malik Harrison, and Josh Ross. I think that uh, Josh Ross has just shown way too much upside his connection with uh McDonald is just too, too, too big. He's gonna be, to me, the next undrafted rookie to stay. So it sounds kind of crazy because I've got five inside linebackers, but I think Christian Welch especially is a special teams move that you keep him for. We know how important that is to, to, to John Harbaugh. So I kept both of those uh those guys, Welch and Ross.
3: Okay, well, it's, it's about time we disagreed again, Sarah. We were getting okay. a little too buddy buddy there. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I only, I only have the four. I only have four, and I think Josh Ross. You, you said it perfectly. I think that he has a future to succeed. Josh Bynes and/or Patrick Queen. Uh, you know, when if if his option is declined and he walks, uh, as a middle linebacker of the future, uh, Zach War style, just tremendous in coverage. I think he showed me a lot of toughness in this last game not just the splash plays behind the line of scrimmage, but taking on the big guards uh, and just demolishing them on contact, getting in on tackles. So I love Josh Ross with Christian Welch. I think this is where the explanation uh, is needed for me because he is a core special teamer. Uh, I would say that with Malik Harrison, he is also a core special teamer. And then something that I've noticed throughout the preseason is you have Geno Stone taking the Anthony Levine role as your, well, wow. your punt protector, the guy that's standing in front of the punter, making the signals and running down the field untouched. And then we also saw, if you guys noticed, the first team special teams had Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens as core special teamers. Playing that five hole on kickoff returns, basically the guy right next to Justin Tucker, the two guys. So with that being said, I think that the Ravens have enough core, core special teamers. Your gunners with Justice Hill and Tylen Wallace. Your wing players with Kyle Hamilton and Brandon Stevens. Your your Geno Stone taking the Anthony Levine role. That you don't need another superstar on special teams like Christian Welch is. I think that you know you take Josh Ross, you put him. He played special teams. You can fill in around him. Uh, with some of the other guys, so Christian Welch, though man, he was he was playing with a lot of heart that last preseason game. He played well too, seemingly trying to match Josh Ross play for play. But in the end, I think the Ravens let Welch go. Maybe he comes back on the practice squad. I don't think he's I don't think he's a guy that stands out to me. Is would definitely be claimed by another team. And you have him at at the disposal. But Christian Welch in his third year, Josh Ross in his first year, you can reset the clock with that position and potentially have a linebacker of the future.
1: So we all know that there can never be enough cornerbacks on an NFL team, especially in Baltimore. We also know that Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are taking care of the left and right hand sides, respectively, in Baltimore. Sarah, how does the rest of these rooms look like and and shaking out in your mind?
2: So Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Stevens, Kyle Fuller, and then the two fourth-round picks, Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour-Davis. Jason, we actually just interviewed – we had Pepe on the show yesterday. We just uh, published it this morning, though, at 5 a.m. We had asked him. We know that he had kind of been nicked up and injured, missed a couple of practices, and then missed uh, the final preseason game. Not that he would have played anyway, but uh, he said he's healthy and ready to go week one. So that that was <laughs> uh, encouraging for me. So I have all of them. Uh, I've got Kevon Seymour. What a tough break for him. I have him off. I know some people have him on. I was already um, – I don't think I was going to have him anyway. And then I think the injury kind of solidified it for me. And I've got off Daryl Worley and David Vereen
3: I'm with you Sarah I'm a little jealous about the Pepe Williams interview I'm not gonna lie Bobby I'm not gonna lie uh, you know if you guys want to bring uh, you know a Ravens player on my YouTube channel you're more than welcome to at any time but uh, no I, I love I love Pepe too just what a what an attitude and a nice character he fits right in but yes you have to keep all six you have to keep all six it's it's a no-brainer um, you know, I look at the slot corner position. I just wanted to mention Pepe. I mean, this is the guy that we needed. Uh, if you have a big receiver, a tight end, we can cover you. We got plenty of guys. Of course, we have Marlin and Marcus on the outside. But your Brandon Stevens, your Armored Davis, uh, you know, your Kyle Fuller has plenty of experience against those guys. And the safeties, Kyle Hamilton's all over the place. You got a big receiver. We can cover you. You got a quick, fast, small slot receiver. That was where... The, the niche was to make this team and Pepe Williams took the bull by the horns and really solidified that so um, yes keep all six we'll ramp up the defensive side of the football talking safeties and I think at
1: the end of this room on the back end of the safety room guys I'm really intrigued I know we talked about this in our post game episode Sarah recently I put up a a Twitter poll and I guess we can start with Jason too because Sarah you've already given your take on this but Jason if you could only keep one I'm the 53, and it comes down to Geno Stone, Tony Jefferson, and our Darius Washington. And, of course, you're going to talk about the, the beginning of the room and the locks, of course, as well. But if it came down to those three, you could only select one. Who are you taking? Well,
3: if it came down to just one, I'm, I would take Geno Stone for sure. I think Geno Stone, for the re- reasons that I said earlier, being the Anthony Levine on this team, being a leader, uh, you, you can't let Gino Stone go. He brought such a calm to the back end of that defense last year. We saw some miscommunications and some players looking at each other, like, where am I supposed to go? Um, Brandon Stevens was a part of that, in my opinion. Uh, and when Geno Stone was put at free safety at the end of last year uh, and put in the safety room, things changed. And you saw it. He showed out. Uh, his progression from a rookie to now is just amazing. It was never about the intelligence with Geno Stone. that was his That was his calling card coming out of college. But it took him a while to physically catch up, I believe, to be the player that he is now. And he looked like he was the varsity against the JV out there uh, playing in the preseason. So if I keep one, Geno Stone, I'm going to keep Geno Stone and Darius though. Uh, and the reason I'm keeping Darius Washington is believe- is because I believe that he is a sor- pseudo-corner as well. Talked about Pepe Williams and his ability to cover smaller, quicker, faster receivers with ball skills, by the way. I didn't even mention that Uh Says the same thing with our Darius Washington. I mean, just a quick player, a smart player between the two of those Pepe and Ardarius, Darius. You can call them corners. You can call them safeties, but they're covering the slot. They have a nose for the ball. They are our new Tavon Young. So I have five total safeties making it counting Ardarius Darius as a safety. Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone and Ardarius Washington all making the team Tony Jefferson. We'll see you in a couple of days if, you, if you're willing to come back. But, again, that's a guy that seems to love love Baltimore. And it's just a tough decision. But it this is my favorite room. We talked about the tight ends. What a group of players and flexibility this is going to allow this defense to play this year with this safety group.
2: Yeah, so this is probably it's going to be the last place where we differ. Uh, we have the same top four, Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, Geno Stone, Kyle Hamilton. I also have Tony Jefferson coming back. I could see – I actually see him – out of everybody I could see him going to the practice squad first and again that doesn't mean that he won't ever play but I could see him totally going there and even he even alluded to it in his final press conference after the preseason game people were asking him if he was going to be back and he's like well there's a lot of technicalities with the roster we'll see so he alluded to the gymnastics there so I think he's already been spoken to about it and I could see him being down for it Ardarius Washington was another tough decision for me in fact right before we got on, I had changed another one of my final calls. Uh, if there was anywhere where I'm like, if, if I was least confident, it's the least confident I'm in, in with Welch because I feel like I'm a little stacked on the inside linebacker room, especially a place where you don't need as many with the safeties that the Ravens have. And to your point, Jason, I think cornerback, we know the history of cornerback. It just seems like every year almost the whole room goes down so I could see the Ravens needing more backup there, having that backup, especially as you said, where where Pepe Williams plays in the slot. So uh so I don't hate that pick at all, but I have him off uh for now. Well, for now, I guess that's my final call. He off <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: Yes, I you know I just want to jump right back in, but yes, yeah. the the safety depth though, Sarah, that's that's why I decided that I was going to take the chance and let leave Welch off the fifty three man roster yeah. and try to bring him back because we have a ton of guys that can play in the box and we have a ton of guys that can play special teams all of a sudden and contribute. So I'm not giving up our Darius Washington. Uh, he's listed as a safety on the Ravens website, but I view him as that ever crucial cornerback depth our backup slot corner who can also play some safety so it this was this was a lot of fun let's finish it up with special team sarah baltimore's coveted group uh, what's it
1: look like
2: <laughs> yeah i don't think there's any debate here justin tucker at kicker jordan stout the punter and nick Moore the the uh long snapper i don't know that we need to discuss it much more than that those guys are all locks
3: well i'm not so sure because I am going, i'm going to the castle i'm going to the castle. <laughs> Now you know I am in my mid 40s, not to give this away, but I still got some leg. All right, I still got some leg. Uh, Justin Tucker, watch your back. Uh, we saw Cameron Dicker come in there. He could punt. He could. He could kick off. I bet he could hold. I- I'm going in there. I mean, I might we might make a practice squad, but uh, but yeah, I think we're we're pretty set at those positions. It's just just such a blessing. Uh, Jordan Stout, by the way, a couple of tough holds in that uh, Commanders game. I don't know if you guys noticed that. One was high, one was kind of high and tight, uh, you know, in a new kicker, you know, it wasn't tucker kicking and and he did a really good job. So uh, sky's the limit for this group, man. field position and cashing in on those field goals are so important., uh, the Ravens are really lucky to have these three guys.
2: Jason, you got me on that. I was taking a sip of my water, as you said, I don't know, I'm walking <laughs> to the castle. And I reacted with water in my mouth. That's maybe why it sounded a little slurred, but you got me there for a second.
3: Now, see, you should know me better than that, Sarah. You should know (laughs) me better. I thought he was going to go out and suggest something
1: like, hey, you know, Justin Tucker for five first rounders. I don't even know if that'd be worth
3: it.
2: Right. Or I thought he was going to be like, let's just have Linderbaum be the long snapper or something. I didn't know what he was going to do. Poor
3: poor Bobby was thinking, this is the first time and the last time I get this guy on the show. This is (laughs) it. This is it right here. No, man. We really appreciate your time, man. And, And let everybody
1: know, too, what you have coming up, where we can find your work, aside from Huddle It Up Films
3: on Twitter and what you have coming this season. Sure. Huddle It Up Films on Twitter. But, you know, my calling card is my YouTube channel, Huddle It Up Films. On YouTube, you can find just about anything on there. Uh, it's really educational. I call them highlights, but if you want to see, you know, the thirty or forty best plays, it just depends on how many plays, uh, positive plays, I grade. I grade every game, and if there's a positive play, I put it on his reel. And at the end of the season, you can see all the plays that this player made. Um, it's sometimes, Sarah, as you know, you don't get you don't get a stat for it. You know, it could be a, a nice job setting the edge, or it could be a pressure where you flush somebody else and somebody else gets the cleanup sack. So these aren't splashy highlights or anything like that. Uh, I also do a weekly live show with uh, Garnett West and Ashley Priyanka. That is Wednesdays at eight thirty. So if you want to come in uh, and 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 have some fun with us, I would. I would really appreciate it. It's uh, it's been a great time to start. Maybe I can get you guys uh, make a guest appearance on there one day, but um, yeah, just interacting with the fans live is something new that I started this year on Wednesday evenings and I'll have film cutups throughout the week. So check in, subscribe, Turn on the notifications and all that kind of stuff. Join the family. I always say fo- uh, football is family. Sarah knows that. So I wanted to thank my football family out there listening. And I'll welcome you to join us. It's a really fun group. Awesome, Jason. Absolutely.
1: We, we will definitely talk calendar invites and, and specific dates that might work throughout the <laughs> season. But uh With that, we are going to close this episode down here. Our 53-man roster predictions are now out there in the open. It's time for you guys, the Vault listeners, to hold Jason and Sarah accountable. So hit us up online over the course of the next 24 hours. Again, we're taping this on the 29th. And by 4 o'clock on the 30th, 53-man rosters have to be solidified across the NFL. So, As Sarah said earlier on in the episode, go check out our exclusive interview with Ravens cornerback and rookie fourth-round pick Pepe Williams. He was great. That's our most previous episode in the vault, and we will be back with more here on the Ravens vault.